0: Just between us. Hey. Just between us. Hey. Hello! I'm Allison Raskin. I'm a writer, mental health advocate, and next week I get my first colonoscopy.
1: I'm Gabe Dunn. I'm a writer, bi bisexual icon, wink, and... Wow, we certainly are in our 30s. <laughs>
0: Honestly, that's more like 40, 50s. I was going to say pretty early. Yeah, but my doctor just wants to rule some things
1: out. I was going to be like, rule out what? That you don't like butt stuff? Oh, no, like
0: cancer. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and like, uh, well, I don't know. She didn't actually explicitly say. But what I really appreciated from her was she was like, I don't want to just rely on what you've been diagnosed with before. Yeah, I like that. And she was like, let's let's you know, I haven't had I had an upper endoscopy in 2018. So I'm getting both. I'm getting a colonoscopy and an upper endoscopy. She was like, you That's know, what I we do sh- every Friday night. OK, but anyway, I think it's a really wonderful point of view, right? Because I feel like a lot of times doctors will be like, well, this is what you have. And it's like maybe something has changed or maybe you didn't catch something. And so I really like her curious approach instead of like
1: it's IBS. Have a good day. I want to put that on a t-shirt. It's IBS. Have a good day, <laughs> uh, which you can, by the way, get our merch at just oh between us, pod at Gmail, just between us, or dot Raskin Um And the merch is really great and wonderful. And maybe one day there'll be a shirt that says it's IBS. Have a good day. <laughs> In this, the most beautiful font you could ever imagine. <laughs> someone did, by the way, someone was like, oh, I wish you had this in black. And then Alex went onto the website and made it and said, okay, it's available in black now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. He called himself merch boyfriend. Yep.
0: Seems <laughs> right. Um, that, well, I, good luck on your colonoscopy. <sighs> Thanks. I'm not worried about the procedure. I'm worried about the prep. Again, what a Friday night for me okay. is like... Okay, this is just between us, a variety show filled with heartfelt advice. Ridiculous games. And brutal honesty.
1: There's a different version of prep in the gay world. I understand. And also, you have to prep your, your butthole. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, th- we're joking up here because we have an incredible interview. Um, I'm really, really excited. We have uh, Sarah from Mom Uncharted. And... I am such a big fan of her work. Like she it's so important. I'm mainlined all her content uh and I'm just like honored that she's going to be on the show.
0: Uh yeah, Gabe G- Gabe kind of loses it throughout the whole episode. She's
1: <laughs> She's a superhero. She's protecting children everywhere.
0: Does she keep her last name private?
1: No. I I was I was trying to respect her privacy because I know it's Sarah Adams, but I was trying to respect her privacy because I, I didn't know if she was a non on the internet because the trolls are coming for her.
0: No, no. Not the trolls.
1: Not the trolls, no, not but the they trolls. the trolls start coming and they don't stop coming. Rest in peace to Steve Harwell from Smash Mouth. Oh my god. Okay.
0: That's truly I I feel very sad about that. Right? Terrible. And later, this intro has been. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, have we ever done this before? A podcast work? Yeah. What's
1: wrong with the Lucy Goosey intro. You're
0: right. Later, we're going to be talking all about slow living, which Gabe didn't even know about because clearly we're on different sides of TikTok.
1: Also, I'm so sorry, but you did send me a link and I did not open it.
0: That's fine. Okay. Uh, But first, we have got... That's actually deeply hurtful.
1: (laughs) Up next, we've got an exciting interview with our highly esteemed guest, Sarah Adams of Mom Uncharted. Stay tuned.
2: Between
0: us. Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for the juiciest, most scandalous, most controversial segment known to all of podcasting. Tough questions.
1: This week on the show, we have Sarah of Mom Uncharted. Sarah has been exploring the state of parental public oversharing, child exploitation, and minor safety on social media since the summer of 2021. I, I am also like your biggest fan.
2: <laughs> you are too much. I can't even believe I have like fans. That's wild. Well, honestly,
1: like your work changed my entire perspective on family vlogging, on posting your child online. And like, just I unfollowed so many people once I realized what was happening and uh, stuff that I felt was innocent. Like, so can you explain um, what your work is
2: yeah so um I essentially talk about parents sharing their children on social media you know images and information whether that be just you know us regular folks or celebrities or influencers and then it goes into uh, the state of child exploitation think about you know family vlogging as well as just general minor safety and the potential consequences and ramifications of all of this because again like We're the first generation of parents raising kids in a digital world, right? There's no handbook for this. We don't exactly know what, well, we don't know what we're doing. So I just thought that having these conversations is important. And I wasn't seeing anyone really have these conversations. So I thought, well, maybe I should like bring them up. And here I am. (laughs) Because you're a parent as well. Yes, I have two children, um, both under the age of five. Wow.
1: And so you have a background in any of this? Or were you always like, I'm not posting my kids online? And then like, how did you come to realize this was not good?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So um, initially, I became a mom in late 2017. And I was on uh, social media kind of as a ghost follower, right? I followed a lot of like mummy influencers, because I I hadn't been a mom. What do I buy? What do I need? I thought maybe I would have a sense of community, right? And I didn't think this way at all. Um, Things have rapidly changed in the past five years, but I digress. And so it felt normal and natural and everyone was doing it. And I wasn't personally sharing. Uh, When I had my first child, I shared an announcement of, I don't know, their hands or their feet or something. And then I kind of felt the pressure to like share more because I thought that's what you do you have a baby you share the baby on Instagram like I need to do that so I posted like maybe like three or four photos in the first few months and it never sat right and I immediately removed them and so they haven't had a digital presence since then and when we entered into the pandemic and more of us went online and more mums are looking for community I just started to feel very uncomfortable with the amount parents were sharing online, the amount of time they were spending, all these people trying to be influencers and family vloggers. And I just had this light bulb moment where I was like, I'm a stranger. Hold on, hold on. I'm a stranger. Why do I know this child was just diagnosed with diabetes? Or why am I seeing this child on their potty training journey or in a state of undress? like?" I'm a stranger. And it was like an awakening for me. And that's kind of what prompted me to start Mom Uncharted, to wonder, were other people feeling this? Were other people thinking these things?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've for a long time felt very uncomfortable with with children being shared non-consensually online. And it's like, I, I'm surprised to say, I'm surprised to hear you, Gabe, say that that Sarah totally changed your mind because I felt like we've thought that for a long time.
1: But I followed, like if there was a kid that was fun or cute or like, I, I followed a lot of these kids and I had a friend who was a family vlogger. I just didn't, I guess I thought with like your sister who doesn't post, I thought, yeah, she's a private citizen. Like that makes sense. Mm. But like people who had, presences I didn't really have a problem with them posting but then I realized I had a friend like she wanted to become a mommy influencer so she had to like start somewhere yeah and she had posted a a video of her kid and the kid was literally saying mommy stop filming me and she thought that was funny and that was in like 2018 and I remember that sort of being like ooh to me and then I just thought, well, this woman's trying to be a mommy vlogger. She's kind of pathetic. <laughs> so I like put it out of my mind until I saw your content. And then I was like, oh, my God. And, and stuff comes back from my own childhood. Like, yeah. you know, one thing that really hit me was you were... Well, there's so many aspects to what you're talking about. But let's, let's say like the one aspect that is embarrassing moments. Mm-hmm. So a child crying or a child having a medical diagnosis or a child doing something embarrassing... And that being shared non-consensually by the parents as though it is funny or as though it is like, oh, this might help other parents if they see my kid constipated, for example, that was like a big one. And it made me flash back to very small moments where like, you know, and I talk about this a lot and my mom is going to hate this. But like where my mom told her friend who I had a crush on and yeah. I like wanted to die. Yeah. Of
2: course. And like
1: imagine doing that on like a large like if my mom had been posting like videos of me constipated, of course I would have felt so like can you talk about that aspect of it? Like what people are not understanding about, let's say, this one particular lane and then there's like four or five other lanes we got to get into. <laughs>
2: Yeah, um, as it relates to like the tantrums, the meltdowns, the embarrassing moments, I find it interesting at as parents that we all don't agree on like just that baseline, right? That like, I always think, would we want, you know, that meltdown with our partner, like recorded and shared without our consent and things like this. And we're doing that regularly to our kids and like kind of mocking just, they're human emotions, they're raw, authentic emotions, and using that as entertainment for strangers. And then we have no control over where those videos go, um, how long they go viral for the comments and things like that. Because like, when you post something, you lose control of it. And it's really sad to think that we're just not all agreeing on like, hey, let's just not embarrass our and humiliate and degrade our children to millions and or billions of people online. Right. But they
1: don't understand that this is embarrassing to the kid or they don't like there's something missing where like I watch your content and the the responses and stuff like I think people have children mm-hmm. and then they think that the child is an extension of them. Yes. I own this child's body. I own this child's choices. And they're like, because the pushback you get, it's like, w- what are these people thinking?
2: Yeah, I, I, I think you're completely right. Um, they don't view their children as autonomous human beings, right? They view them kind of as, as you said, an extension of themselves and or like their property. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people, soon to be parents, justify it like, well, I'm the mom and I make the decisions and they're my kid. And I'm like, yeah, my children are my children, but they are autonomous human beings worthy of privacy and dignity and respect and, you know, o- online safety and things like that. I, I can't speak to why there's this disconnect for so many because it's just not something I relate to. Right.
0: And I feel like there's been a shift lately where, like, there's starting to be pushback about the families that are making money off of their kids. Can you talk
2: a little bit about that? Yeah, there's definitely like the conversation has trended upwards in the past few months. And I think it's only getting louder with the Eight Passengers saga Mm -hmm. and the Ruby Frankie um, situation. So last week, a very popular YouTube family channel, they had 2.5 million subscribers at their height. The mother was arrested for child abuse. And I think she has been charged with six felony counts. Mm -hmm. And it's a really tragic story for many reasons. But one is that, like, her abuse was caught on camera and... Shared a lot of it, um, withholding food, threats, and many people were already concerned. So there's this element of wow, 2.5 million people were subscribed to this and watching this. They weren't presenting like the perfect ideal family anyway. There were a lot of questions, but like the thought about what was going on behind the scenes is. Haunting. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think she was just in court today and I read a brief article. I think she's a monster. And what she has said, she's kind of blaming the children in a way, but I'll let you go and read those articles. But that has definitely spiked the conversation over the past week about um, family vlogging and the exploitation of children online. Because again, these kids can't consent to any of this. And as, quote unquote, wholesome as some people like to think these family vlogging channels are, something can't be wholesome and exploitative at the same time.
1: Yeah. The kids are working. They're like on camera. The mom is like, do this, do that. You know, I've seen them being like, okay, drink from your little seltzer so we can get this brand deal or Mm -hmm. whatever. And like, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on with like child actors. But I feel like this is like the new realm and also child actors. It's like they're acting in a scene. Yes. These are like their home life. They don't know any different. They think that this is normal for how a family should be. And they're they're like not used to having a life that isn't
2: being filmed. Exactly. And like they have no safe spaces. Like their home isn't their safe space. Their bathroom half the time isn't their safe
1: space. Their bedroom. The parents might not, they're like making a cake. Suddenly the parent is smashing an egg on their head. Exactly. Like the parent can't be trusted.
2: No, it's it's really concerning. And are there similarities between child actors and internet child stars? Yeah, there are similarities, which is concerning because- look at all the child actors who are speaking out about their experience. Specifically right now, Allison Stoner mm-hmm. and Dear Hollywood, oh my gosh, I can't get enough of it, like has mm-hmm. another episode dropped. Um, but it's horrible and heartbreaking what a lot of them have gone through as their parents push them into this life. And I always say that parents need to prioritize the privacy of their children over their need for online popularity. Like, mm-hmm. if you want online popularity and fame, then you go get it. You go get mm. it. Like, <laughs> you know, don't use your kid as a prop for it. Or they'll be
1: like, well, you just posted something It was like, well, my five-year-old wanted me to post the video. <laughs>
2: She yeah. liked it.
1: She said we should post it. It's like, how do you respond to that?
2: The kid's choice. He right. loves it. Right. Right. Well, I don't even know what these parents are thinking because, like, a kid has no knowledge. Like, my children love my phone and taking it and doing little videos and watching themselves play back. But that is very different than being posted on a public social media platform to be consumed by strangers worldwide to have, you know, images or videos, altered, AI, comments, Reddit threads, like the list goes on about all the concerning things that can happen to these kids. We're
0: gonna take a quick break, but stick around. Turtles All the Way Down is the acclaimed number one bestseller by John Green, author of The Fault in Our Stars and Paper Towns. Turtles All the Way Down is now streaming on Max. NPR named the novel a, quote, sometimes heartbreaking, always illuminating glimpse into how it feels to live with mental illness. Aza Holmes never intended to pursue the disappearance of fugitive billionaire Russell Pickett, but there's a $100,000 reward at stake and her best and most fearless friend Daisy is eager to investigate. So together, they navigate the short distance and broad divides that separate them from Pickett's son, Davis. Isa is trying. She's trying to be a good daughter, a good friend, a good student, and maybe even a good detective, while also living with the ever-tightening spiral of her own thoughts. Turtles All the Way Down is a brilliant novel about love, resilience, and the power of lifelong friendship. As someone with OCD, it is so wonderful to see OCD represented in an incredible book. I think it is so important that we talk about mental illness both in our own lives and through narrative. Buy your copy of Turtles All the Way Down in stores today and catch the movie streaming on Max. Hi, everyone. Allison here. so much. So if you want to take part in book of the month and have a brand new book shipped right to your door every single month, go to bookofthemonth.com and get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That's $5 off with code PEDALS. I cannot recommend this enough.
1: Just us. And we're back. Yeah, I want to move into the exploitation in a specific way, like the taking of the images, the taking of the images and using them in like a child sexual abuse material way. Like is that wh- they're being very naive about this kind of thing. So, can you explain like what what is happening or what are, what are the things that are happening that parents are like being naive about?
2: Yeah, there's like sadly there's Sadly, the internet is just not a safe space for our children. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it will. It never was. And I don't think it ever will be, right? And for me, like, that's okay. There's a safe, unsafe spaces in the physical world that we don't allow our kids to be. But um, some things that are happening, our images are taken and they are digitally altered into CSAM. So they are digitally altered with the advancements in AI. They can create some terrible things. I've seen some discussions on Discord threads. Uh, These people talk in graphic detail about what they would do or like to do to children. They write fan fiction, which, you know, fan fiction should be fiction, but sometimes they're taking real, you know, YouTube kids and making stories about them. There's a lot of scary and sad things that can happen. I was just tagged in a video about a 16-year-old girl being sold on the dark web by somebody in her church congregation, right? What? Yeah, there's a story going around that somebody, a member of the church, had access to a family's private Facebook because they're, you know, church members. And, you know, but they don't really know this person, right? They're right. just a member of the church. and apparently this man was selling information about the 16-year-old girl on the dark web in regard to, like, where you can find her, images and things like that. And to me, like, I'm floored. I've The the things that can happen are truly unbelievable at this point.
0: In, like, a perfect world, how would a parent navigate this? I mean, is it like, don't post anything of yourself until you're 18? I can post like once a year if it's like, you know, first day of school, like wh- like what is the line for you?
2: It's really hard because it is. I, you know, I think a lot of people think that I look at this very black and white and I recognize it's gray. There's a lot of gray for me. And my advice is always don't don't post publicly or privately. That's the best way to protect your child's right to privacy, as well as keep them safe online. Right. And if you are, if you feel the need to share with family and friends via social media, make sure that it is private and you curate your followers list. So you really know and trust the people like your follower list should be really little. A lot of times Mm -hmm. people are like, well, I only share privately. And I'm like, you have 1300 people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's not (laughs) private. And as it relates to like You know, do you wait till they're 18 and whatnot? I'm not there yet. My kids are still very young, but based on the research right now and what is coming out as it relates to tweens, kids, teenagers, mental health issues, it seems like the best thing for their well-being and mental health is to not allow them access to social media until they are at least 16 years old. Whoa, that's gonna be an uphill battle for a lot of parents. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel two ways about that. I feel like right now, social media is everything. So right now, the parents who are dealing with, you know, the tweens and the teens, I do, I do feel it's an uphill battle for them. But I feel like for my children's generation, you know, eight and under, maybe we can all get on the same page, right? Maybe we can all agree that. For this generation, we're all saying no smartphones until, you know, 13, no social media until 16. Because if we as parents collectively agree to that, well, then maybe it won't be so hard, right? It would also be
1: a change of mindset for the children or for the, the kids, because I think there was a generation that wanted that sort of thing. And now oftentimes, like our followers can be young. And they're uh, if they have like their high school or whatever in their bio, their account is private usually. Yeah. Like there's there th- there is a shift I think in young people realizing what you've been talking about and understanding that you know things are are can get out away from them and are being a little bit more private with stuff. Like I remember we were young; it was like don't talk to anyone, don't show yeah. a picture, don't say anything. Then it became. Post your real name, post where you live, post all this stuff. And now I think it's going back to actually let's be a little more private online from the perspective of the people that are under 18, at least from from my anecdotal data.
2: I really hope that is the case. And it's interesting you mentioned that because I was uh, just about to post the video. Um, I received a message from a mom sharing a situation that her daughter, who's 20 years old, was asked out by a boy who's 23 and so she naturally tried to type him into social media get a little backstory and he has no social media he's a private person he doesn't want that but guess who had a lengthy digital footprint of this child the mom the mom so the girl was able to see so much of this potential dates life Via his mom's social media, you know, likes, dislikes, awkward teen years and things like that. And this mother was saying how bad she felt for this young boy who clearly wants to be private because he Mm -hmm. isn't on social media. But his mom has made a really good large chunk of his life public. And she said it made me immediately delete everything about my kids Mm because I don't want that happening to them. Right. So, yeah. Well, now,
1: well, Allison talked about the, the parents that are making money off their children. <laughs> and so far we've been saying, oh, they don't know what could happen. Oh, they're naive, blah, blah, blah. But there is this other insidious thing that you speak about where it's parents posting their kids and making money off their kids be- and saying, oh, they're so cute. Oh, they're so whatever. And they're aware that the comments are from child abusers. Uh, and they're aware that what they're posting is something that could be used as CSAM and they're, they're doing it on purpose because they know it gets views.
2: Yeah, so I've explored this a lot on TikTok. I refer to them as like mummy-ran accounts and they are specifically involving young girls, usually between the ages of like six and 13 or something. And the moms are posting their girls and, you know, limited... Uh, attire, lots of dance wear, cheer wear, in very flexible poses, per se, mm-hmm. selling subscriptions to exclusive content. And when oh you God. pull the data from a lot of those accounts, they have a very high demographic of adult males. Mm-hmm. And therefore, these parents know who is following their children. They can see that their analytics say 70% adult male. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of them seem to cater their content to their demographic. Mm -hmm. And it really is heartbreaking for these little girls because they feel they're influencers. They feel that they're models. They are getting attention online and they don't actually know that they are being exploited and images of them are being sold to predatory people. They
1: don't know until they're older and they can see the comments. I mean, they get like finding out at, you know, 11 that like some one of your dad's friends is looking at you a certain way is very jarring experience but like to then go online as someone older and be like, wow, 45 dudes commented gross things on this picture of me. Like yeah. y- it, it, they're going to be able to read.
2: <laughs> well, and on top of like that, for some of these people, like 45 adult male, my mother, my mother was allowing 45 adult males to subscribe to exclusive content of me. And I mm-hmm. was made to make videos and have photo shoots to provide adult males pictures of me, a 12-year-old girl. And like I've seen the Discord threads where they talk and they share these images. It's horrifying. It's horrifying to think about these young girls Googling their name later in life and thinking that they were social media famous when really their fame came from predatory eyes. And I just
0: don't see a way for these parents who are doing this to, like, suddenly wake up and stop. So is a way to, like, prevent this some laws around it? Like, do we need to, like, make it illegal for family vloggers to monetize their kids? Or what? what's the path forward?
2: I... Well, there is a bill in Illinois that will go into effect in July 2024, and that is allowing um, some children of the of family bloggers to receive some financial compensation. But there's nothing against their privacy. Like to me, it feels morally and ethically wrong to sell images of children in bathing suits to strangers online. But it also feels like it should be illegal. Like, shouldn't that be illegal to sell images? Of your children in limited clothing to strange adults online. I I just, so yeah, I think there has to be laws to protect these kids because the parents aren't protecting these kids. So as society, at some point we have to say like, okay, there has to be more. But again, with, you know, privacy and free speech and the way that children are looked at in terms of the law and what parents are able to like do with them, it's really hard to navigate, especially in America. Right.
1: Yeah. Children's rights and stuff. I mean, yeah.
2: There's also something
1: t- where you, you know, and just offhand, you said, what if I just posted once a year, like, oh, it's first day of school. And I saw a video that you did, Sarah, that was like, OK, so now the person knows what grade they're in, what school they go to. They can come up to them and and go to like meet them at school and be like, hey, your name's like Angela and you're in the fifth grade. I'm friends with your mom. Like it's stuff
2: you wouldn't even think of. Yeah. I hear stories about that all the time. And trust me, these family vlogging channels with millions of followers and stuff, they have a lot of bizarre, crazy stories, but they're not going to share those publicly. Right? Right. They want to maintain the facade that this is safe and okay and no problem. But have some of them had people show up at schools and stuff? Definitely. 100%. Right? It's very strange to think that a stranger could come up to a child in a playground and make that child feel. that they know them Mm -hmm. because of what parents are sharing on social media. And yes, that's family bloggers and influencers, but those are everyday parents as well, right? Parents within communities and things like that who overshare information. Um, Someone could walk up to a child and say, oh, well, you know, I used to work with your mom and I saw it was your birthday on the weekend and happy birthday. And, you know, she texted me recently and said, you know, that... It's fine if I take you home, right? Like they know so much about these children that they can easily make themselves feel familiar to a child.
0: If you want to hear the rest of this episode, and let me tell you, you do, head over to patreon.com slash justbetweenus and for $3 a month, you can get access to all of our podcast episodes in full ad free. You can also
1: get merch for this podcast at justbetweenuspod.com or allisonraskinexposed.com.
0: Okay, that's... Tatala T2! Tatala T2!